coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. I am. I joined the uh, the cult around Traeger grills. Smart so man. Got me a Traeger grill, but I got it from um, Costco. Costco. Yeah, so it's. They don't sell anything small. How's yeah, mine is a Silverton six twenty or something like. Is that, that how many pounds it is? I got to tell you, the fellas <laughs> uh, loaded up the Tahoe with it, and. It took two of them, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it, you're, it didn't you're, occur to me that how much do you weigh? You buck seventy yeah, something with? Like, I'm like three twenty, you know, kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it home, and I can't even budget. So I cut the box open, and I'm thinking I'll just take it out piece by piece. Uh-huh. The problem <clears throat> is there's three pieces, two legs that weigh about three pounds a piece, and then then the barrel, and then the barrel. With mm. with the auger and all that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I uh, I made myself a little ramp with cardboard, got it out of the back of the truck, <laughs> put it on a sheet, and pulled up some stairs. Got it to my deck in the back of my house, and uh, and I got it assembled. But I could not stand it up. The directions say it takes two people to stand this up, and I was like, whatever. I I tied a string to. I did everything I could. Couldn't move it. I had to get my my neighbor, and he and I barely got that thing stood up. So uh, if you hear Mike, you can tell if he's standing up or sitting down because he's like, it's like, what's wrong with you? That damn trigger. That was a substantial piece of machinery. Yeah. Have you made anything on it yet? Yeah, I made some tri-tip, and uh, I um, put it on 225, cooked it for like two hours till the internal temperature got to 130. Mm -hmm. And then reverse seared it. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it you, was good. You glad you got the trigger? I, I'm sure I'll be more glad. You know, I've had some fits and starts with it, huh. but uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's unique. We had uh, we had our our last weekend's meal was ribs, and I I I go to Costco as well. So whenever you buy ribs, you buy a pack of 550 racks of ribs. <laughs> so, so you wonder why you always spend five, $600 at Costco? Because every package is enough to feed 100 people. So so I fill up my trick with ribs, and you love it when I smoke ribs because you wind oh, up with yeah, some. <laughs> I, got, I got ribs this morning. That was my, my, my present. But uh, yeah, that's I, I love mine. My family loves it too. My daughter was like, can you not eat all, don't give all these to Mike because I want some when I come home from school. Yeah, yeah, well, tell my niece to come here. I'll share them with her here in the office. There you go. So uh, what are we talking about today? Well, we talked about five things that you should never do on a previous podcast. So I think we should talk about five things that you should always do as a small and medium-sized business mm-hmm. owner. Okay. If you want to be profitable. Okay. Right? So... If that was going to be the stage, Dave, what would be the first thing you want to share with people in terms of what you should always do if you want to be profitable? Number one, focus on culture. Number one, focus on culture. Take a look at your culture. Do you have a culture of people that 
kind of laid back, not in a hurry to work. Or you have a culture of people that are, eh, you know, they don't really trust top management. Do you have a culture that uh, uh, may or may not answer the phone when the customer calls? Do you have a culture that uh, is expedient with the customer but uh, will give them anything? Do you have a culture that overworks themselves and doesn't have good family work balance? Do you have a culture that uh, that's more authoritarian? You know, so really focus on your culture. You need to get the culture thing right because I think that's the biggest foundation block for any company. Right? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's uh, overexposed. Everyone talks about culture, but it's it's just true. It's so important. I had a software company, Dave, and one of the first LMS solutions in the United States uh, for commercial use that came out of Cape Canaveral. And uh, I had we grew to 150 employees, and I had the worst culture on the planet. That was because Jack Dent was working there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the absolute worst culture. And here's the deal about culture. You're going to have a culture. And, and so if you're not purposeful about it, It'll just evolve. It'll wind up being cottage cheese. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope not. That's that's not the culture you want. No, no. So you have to be very purposeful about your culture. Don't let it just happen because chances are it's not going to be good if it just happens on its own. That's right. You have to direct it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, culture is so key. It's your it's your exponent yeah, to, yeah. to your profit. It's your exponent to your environment it's your expert to uh, your customer service and quality delivery it, it is and profits it's it's everything so yeah. it is your foundation block but right behind that you have to know and you have to know and execute your business for profit sure yes and that that starts with you know knowing what price you need to quote at to, in order to make money you need to understand um, you know, even bigger picture, are you in the right industry? Mm -hmm. And if you are in the right industry, are you choosing the right customers in that industry? I mean, it's all these things that um, that you you have to be proactive about, right, Dave? Um, because if you could direct your company into the most profitable segments of a particular market, at the end of the day, you can have a four times multiple when you get ready to exit, or you can have a 15 times multiple when you get ready to That's exit. That's right. And uh, there's such a thing as driving your business and, and driving and executing a driven workforce is a lot more fun, but sure. it's a lot more profitable. So you got to know, you got to execute, you got to drive your company for profit. And the only way you can drive your company is to know exactly where you need to drive it and how you need to drive it there. And you, like like you said, we talked about operating without financials is a, is a huge no-no. But once you have good financials, you can drive your company that and know exactly what you need to do. Sure. So uh, what do we got? What else well, we got? Well, that's, you know, that's a subset of the overall issue of planning. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if you want, you should always plan. And uh, this is, uh, you start with an annual plan and then, you know, on a weekly basis, really, you're looking at your plan, but maybe on a quarterly basis, you might reforecast financials. I, th and I think planning is in who you are. You plan your day, you plan your week, you plan your business, you plan your month, you plan your quarter, you plan your year. Um, when you operate with a planning mentality in business, you know how to drive your business. Therefore, you reach profits.
Well, you take us, for example, Dave. We come in on Monday morning and we, uh, we say, what does the week look like? We look at the calendar, see who we have and, uh, um, teed, up teed up in terms of coaching and so yep. forth. Yep. And then, okay, what are the other things we need to get done this week? We put them on a whiteboard. That's right. And, and we have this list of stuff. And then over the course of the week, we're erasing stuff off the whiteboard. That's a form of planning, right? It is. Because at the end of the week, we've accomplished everything we needed to accomplish this week because we had a plan for the beginning of the week. And you could see how if you didn't have a plan, like I say, hey, Dave, let's go hit some balls today. And you look at the whiteboard and you go, man, we got all this stuff we still need to do. And so it really directs our time, directs our behaviors. Um, so planning is... is it's it who you need to be. Yeah. If you want to be an effective business owner, it's who you need to be. Um, it's I, we can't say you, we can't say things and we can't emphasize planning enough in being a leader. If you're an operations manager, if you're finance manager, if you're a mid level manager, or if you're just a cell manager, or if you're business if you're a business unit leader, you have to plan because when you don't plan. You know, I, I had an old boss, his name was Winter, and uh, and he would he would tell me, if you don't plan for Murphy, Murphy's going to show up. So oftentimes, and I talk scheduling with people, because scheduling is, it's an art for being on time, and most people don't know how to do it well. And I always tell them, plan for Murphy. Sure. You have Murphy's Law, it's going to happen. When's it going to happen? I'll tell you when it's going to happen. When something bad's going to happen is when you have a family plan, you have a family dinner, you have a family event, and it's going to be Friday or Wednesday at 5 p.m. It's the only day you have to leave early, and you have all these things going on. It's the worst possible moment for something to go sideways. That's when Murphy's going to show up, because that's when he always shows up. Sure, sure. Right? So plan, and in your plan, you got to build in some you know, accommodations for something that's not going to regularly happen, right? So that's that's one thing. Yeah. And, and followed right behind that. Do you mind if I hop into number four? Because I think I, I lean into this wholeheartedly. Yeah, sure. You got to surround yourself with advisors that are wiser than you. Um, I've had a few years in my life as a business owner that that really didn't go so well, and it didn't go so well because I didn't surround myself with advisors that were smarter than I. And as soon as I got that right and I started surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me which is the smartest thing to do. Sure, sure. As soon as that started happening, my ideas got ch got challenged and my paradigm shifted. And when your paradigm starts starts to shift, you start understanding new and exciting ways to do business and be effective with it. It's really amazing how things unfold the right way. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And and we talk about this. I think personally, you need to have people surrounded you surrounded by you. I mean, you have your relationships, whether it be a marriage or another close relationship, you have your business or work, you know, and then you have a spiritual paradigm with, and you need mentors in all those facets of your life. You really do. And it's going without those mentors. All it is, is it's a guarantee that your life will not be as rich as it could have been. Absolutely, Dave. I mean, if you find yourself the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Go to another room. Yeah, go to another room. And and if your ego's getting in the way, it's okay. I mean, it, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and say, that's okay. You don't need to be, we don't all need to be on top. We all need to be in together. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're doing $2 million a year and you're the smartest guy in the room, but you could be making $10 million a year because you're not the smartest guy in the room, well, then are you the smartest guy in the room if you're only doing $2 million? I mean, that's, you're, I don't think you are. You won't hear me when, you, when I say this. No, yeah, you aren't. <laughs> so, no. That, so if that offends you, I'm sorry, but it's just the truth, guys. It's just the truth. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, surround yourself with wisdom. Yes. And that's uh, because you got to grow. And if you're in a part, remote part of the country in Uzbekistan and you only have the four people that you work with and you can't get out, then get on Amazon and order some books. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then finally, I think uh, the concept of not overextending your company. Yep. You know, you should always make certain that you're not overextending your company. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think... I think when 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 you think about the 80-20 rule, right? You know, 20% of what you do is going to give you 80% of the value. Um, companies that are overextending themselves are usually involved in the 80% that's only oh, generating all 20% the of the value. Yep. Right? Yep, they're okay with the part they're wrapping dollars around and getting out on time, but they're not okay dealing with that problem. So right, right. right. It's uh, you can tell. I mean. And I can, I can recognize this quickly because I lived life this way for a long time. Um, I try to squeeze 36 hours in every 24-hour day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, I had, a, I had a buddy tell me this this last weekend. It's, it's just who I am. I like to run at a high, higher RPM. I, I live like a sparkler, big and bright. And uh, <laughs> one day it's just going to go out. But uh, overextending can be in safety. You can run a little too fast and not, and not pay attention to your safety enough. It can be in quality to where I'll let this go. You should never do that. It it could be in on time delivery. Uh, that you know they don't squat too much. I'm always 15 days late, but they don't they don't squat too much. You know, and it can be in price. I'm just going to be cheap. Don't don't do that. Don't. I mean, when you look at when you look at the whole that line of thinking, it really takes away from the richness that business is supposed to be about in America. So. You really, you want to have a safe, you want a high quality, you want to have on-time delivery, you want to make good money. And you do that by, you don't polish a turd and call it a business, right? You don't put lipstick on a pig, as Chris Merchant once said. So it, it's it's a thing that this is my business, this is my value. And my value is I do it right the first time. And my value is I do it the right first time and I can charge what I need to charge to make a good profit. And when I charge that, I know how much money's in the bank. And when I go to buy something, I do a good evaluation on that to make sure it's a good choice so I don't overextend myself financially. Therefore, could you wind up borrowing trouble when you sure, do that sure. and increasing your stress level? And the last thing we want for a business owner is to increase your stress level, right? Yeah, no, we want to improve their lives by, by improving their business. It's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. You think that if you're going to run it, uh, you know, 9,000 RPMs at... Um, you're gonna finish the race faster. And uh, Dave, I wanna end with my my racing metaphor, right? And it's uh if you if you race on a road circuit, it's all about entry speed and exit speed from turns. That's right. And so if you uh, if you're coming up on a straightaway, you know, you got a mile and a half straightaway where you're gonna be doing 160, 180 miles per hour at the end of the straightaway, the most important turn on that track is the turn that leads you onto the straightaway. Because if you get that turn wrong, then 
you don't get on the gas fast enough to get the 160 at the end of the straightaway. It's like a slingshot, right? That's right. So if you get that turn wrong, if you go into that turn too fast, you get out of shape and you're just trying to keep the car on the track. By the time you get it back under control, you know, cars, maybe five cars have gotten past you. It's amazing. Um, so we say go into a turn slow so that you can come out fast. And it's the same thing in terms of overextending your company. We're saying, hey, go into every decision slow so that you can come out fast. Because if you go into every decision fast, I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to spend a lot of time trying to make sure you don't drive off the road. And it's just going to cost you time, money, and profits. And if you're surrounded by, if you're surrounded by people that are wiser than you, they're going to tell you, go into this turn high so you can come out low and you and you slam out of the turn and you're in good shape. You hit that apex and you That's are right. going 160 at the end. But if I were going to race, the first person I'd want to talk to is I'd want to sit down with you and say, hey, you raced for 20 years. Mike, let's walk through this. Tell me tell me how I should do this. Tell me the car I should look. look at the, tell me the tires. What kind of transmission should I have? You know sure, what? Sure. What should I really do? It's my first reaction because I want to hang out with somebody that knows this a little bit better than I. And oftentimes we see business owners that are that are just worn out and they're young, but they're worn out. They're not sure they made the right decision and start questioning themselves. And a lot of it, a lot of it's because they've been living that overextended territory sure, too long. Sure. And uh, they wonder why the guy works, the next guy works half the hours and makes three times the money. Yeah. And they just, their intuition tells them that they're doing something different, but they just can't imagine not going into the turn fast. I mean, how can that not be fast? There's, there's such a thing. It's, it, it's overused work smarter not harder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's so true it work so true. smart and how you're smart is surround yourself with smarts and then that keeps you from being overextended and, and listen when someone says back off a little bit listen for a little bit but at the end of the day um, we want the very best for you whether you're a client or not our client we want the very best for you we want you to be profitable we want you to have time with your family we want you to be able to take that vacation you and your wife have always wanted uh, or you and your husband have always wanted we want when it's time for you to buy that car you've been wanting to buy, you can buy it. It, it. When you have that special cause that you want to be able to give to and help out some people, make a difference, we want you to be able to do that and have like inner joy and inner peace. And your business is nothing but the bolt on to facilitate that. And that's what we want for you. So focus on these things. Focus on culture. Know, know and execute for your profit. Plan regularly. Surround yourself with wisdom and don't overextend your company. And we know if you follow those things, you're going to wind up on top. So we wish you the best. Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, You can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.